worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Welcome to the latest episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we chat about everything geek, the podcast where we chat about all things movies, comic books, video games, toys, Lego, etc, etc, etc. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. The rumors of my death have been exaggerated, I assure you. <laughs> Barely, but that is true. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just, uh, you know, plowing through, plowing through. And this week, we've had to bring in a pinch hitter, some help to keep the conversation going, to keep you and I honest, Phil, from the SNME Network, where I chat with him about AEW Rampage. He's also ACMG, TalkTimeLive.com. He does so much, an awesome voice, and my close personal friend as well, Dex Xavier Josiah. Dax, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how, thank you for having me, and I would be considering myself the Daryl Strawberry of this. I don't know how honest I'm going to be in this case. Well, <laughs> it serves a picture. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry, I wouldn't really use for many reasons, but sure. <laughs> I, I, not just any Daryl Strawberry, I'm the Daryl Strawberry from The Simpsons when he there had his old head. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's there that's better. Are. That's a lot better that's than the, the other Daryl Strawberry, like the real Daryl Strawberry, <laughs> as his as his career kept going. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is a crazy one. Uh, so you know, let's just talk about what is going on off the top of the show. Uh, so we're just gonna play some catch up, and then we're gonna be talking about the Hollywood strike, Hollywood basically sh- shutting down more and more each and every single day. And I wanted to bring Xavier because it's a conversation that we've had kind of offline, online a few times, uh, depending on what show you're listening to. But I kind of want to get things really, really focused uh, because it affects a lot of our shows and a lot of the work we do. And we're going to be talking about that. And also I'll talk about right off the top. Everyone knows that Tyler has been on and off uh, just because of health reasons and whatnot and personal reasons. So he's going to be taking a little break until the fall. Uh, So Tyler, I hope you are well and you take care of yourself and I can't wait to have you back. Yeah. I'll second that Tyler. You'll be missed. I hope everything uh, works out for you. And I know myself, I had to take a few weeks off just due to unexpected personal matters and things that I just, you know, I'm happy to have behind me. (laughs) So I do not want to be going to any more funerals. (laughs) Right? That's exactly it. Yeah, it was a been a crazy week. Crazy week to say the least. So let's kick things off with Xavier. Xavier, talk about yourself. Introduce yourself to the It's Canon podcast uh, family. Well, again, thank you guys for having me. And, uh, of course, this is 
pretty much my neck of the woods and my territory, if you will. So uh, I have a podcast called ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And just like this platform, it covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games, and a little bit of extra every once in a while. But uh, in that, I you know, have the privilege to have guests on air, some familiar guests in the world of those favorite fandoms. Um, not now because of the strike, of course, but, um, you know, it's all in good fun. Uh, get opportunities to work with people like Reed Pop, who does New York Comic Con and C2E2 and all the stuff. Um, you know, just in, in Fan Expo for every once in a while, I cover those events and stuff like that. Uh, just a great thrill ride to love what I love and just enjoy what I do. And also, it just led me to you guys as Sunday night's main event because I am a wrestling fan as well. But, um, you know, this is what we love, and, you know, it, it pretty much shows, so I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Great to have you. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, here's the thing. Like, and it's kind of funny, and Phil can attest to this. The more work I put into the show, the less mm -hmm. viewers we have, listeners we have. I don't know what it is. It's more of these <laughs> off-the-cuff episodes where we can get people uh listen and whatnot but with this week it was like i said it was it's it, it's been a couple of weeks since we've really had an episode um and i just wanted to play catch up and then we're gonna get to our topic de jour uh so dax uh, we're gonna start with you what is going right. on in the world of dax well first of all for this occasion you guys can see i'm wearing the geekiest shirt i can possibly <laughs> I ever it. wear i love it <laughs> <laughs> like this normally would not make it through camera, but I'm so tired today because I did a 30 mile bike run. <laughs> so I just didn't want to. I couldn't. I didn't even have the energy to change. But this is the shirt that I normally. I got this from like randomly from a shop and um, one of the vendors at New York Comic Con. I'm like, all right, this is my in house shirt. Yep. <laughs> Nobody would ever see this. I'm like, no, we're gonna let it out today, and this is the right place to do it. But you know, um, there's a lot you know, things that are going on right now. And luckily I was able to get some guests on my show, like Molly Flanagan, who's a friend of mine. Um, a lot of people know her as the voice of Naruto and um, principal Perry from uh, lab rats and all that stuff. You know, she's a great friend of mine and um, you know, and she's doing like, a, uh, well, she was doing a new TV show um, on ABC. It was scheduled to have um, a second season as well as her other one on uh, the adult swim deal. So, it was just like, it's crazy to like, it's hard. It's going to be hard for me to even get any guests right now because um, what's going on right now. And I, I, man, this is going to be a long run, but you know, luckily we got video games, which I'm covering right now too. <laughs> and I can still do my show. I have a show called select start, which is a talk time live extra podcast that I do covering uh, all the news going on in the gaming uh, industry as well. And um Right now, like I told you before, I just finished playing uh, Double Dragon: Rise of the uh, Dragon, Double, Double Dragon Gaiden: Rise of the Dragon, which is it, it. It is. I'm still the fact that I'm still playing that short ass game is still great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and just like waiting said, for. I'm just, yeah. Like we were talking about, right? The side scrollers are coming back slowly, and the just the the smash them up yeah. button smash and side yeah. scrollers are back. I can't wait for that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Uh, extra with Yusaki Ojimbo in there. Uh, that's going to be so much fun. Yep. That game, that game, like I, like we talked about before, that game, uh, that tribute games put together, um, they really did a number on people with that because that that to me was like the Street Fighter Four of beat 'em ups. You know where people don't remember because it's been so long ago, but um, 
Yoshinori Ono, who was the former executive producer of Capcom uh, for Street Fighter, it was because of him that Street Fighter came back and resurged, and then the fighting game era came back again. I feel like Tribute Games kind of did the same thing with, with the Turtles game. Yep, oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And interestingly enough, the Turtles game went on Xbox Game Pass Live mm-hmm. uh, right away, but it just showed up on my PlayStation. Oh. Uh, a free one. So the PlayStation fans are now getting a chance to play that as well if you're subscribed to like their equivalent Game Pass thing. Yeah. So, how was how was answer this to me? How was that Game Pass thing? Because I feel like well, it's not even that I feel like from from what I've read and researched, like they're not making too much money off of that, nor is the developers when they add their content into that. But the, I, for, for fans, for gamers, it's a it's an awesome thing to have. I'm uh, here. Yeah, well, you know, for me, being a console gamer, mm-hmm. I love it because I don't have to really buy games. All, right. There's a lot of games that I can try that I wouldn't mm-hmm. normally try. Right. So it's expanding what it is that is available to you and your sample mm-hmm. size. So yeah. that's a, the biggest bonus. But I have heard some developers are frustrated by it. But usually in Xbox's case, they cut a deal with the developer about an initial payment that should cover the length of time that it's on Game Pass. And but, then if it's an in-house game, it'll yeah. permanently be on Game Pass. But okay. if it's a developer game, they usually cut them a deal like it has to be agreed upon. And yeah. then my understanding is the way they get you is there's a date the games lift off of the service. Mm. And that is a gotcha moment because when you go back to play the game and it says it's no longer on Xbox Live, but it's on sale. It's Netflix. They Netflix you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so PlayStation is a little bit different of a strategy. We're a year in yeah. and I haven't seen it really i don't rely on it the same way that i do xbox game pass right it's just kind of older games that cycle in and cycle out yeah and the th- interesting thing is their day in day games like the cat game stray and stuff like that is now yeah. going over and appearing on xbox yeah and you know what i mean it's it's interesting to see the cross pollination with fan bases but a good game is a good game i don't care what platform you're on Oh yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm fortunate to have both, and I'm fortunate to be able to experience it. And my goodness, since this SAG uh, uh, <laughs> event has come up, I'm right there with you, Dax. I'm I am knee deep in video games <laughs> <laughs> and reruns. Yeah, yeah, and reruns. <laughs> and I think that's where we're going to be in the fall. But uh, again, we'll talk about yeah. that a little later. With the, with the exception of a few, yeah. you know, shows that are, were already filmed and stuff like that. Yeah, and also Netflix, basically one observation I made last night was going through my Netflix portfolio and seeing how much foreign market content there is. Uh, that goodness knows how long they've been cooking that, right? Like That's interesting. It's all the Korean shows that are subtitled or redubbed, yeah. things like that, because I'm sure they're doing everything that they can these places to get outside of the guild. Yeah, you know the Screen Actors Guild, and get you know 
basically people that will do voice work that's outside of it and and everything like that so. which is god awful and when you think about it oh yeah yeah but again it, it, it's exactly what they're fighting for that's exactly <laughs> it yeah. right that is exactly it. and like i mentioned i'm pretty sure i talked to both of you about this at some in some shape or form where a lot of these studios they are going to rue the day that they you know gloated about essentially fucking people over right like yeah <laughs> like especially the head yep. of netflix a lot of the things that he said is going to come back and they are going to kick him in the ass especially now bob geiger don't start phil on bob Iger. <laughs> well, no, no. hell you could take a tag out and go to she hawk because she she ripped him <laughs> yeah yep. oh yeah oh yeah that was he called him it, out of touch and i who you know, in the words of CM Punk, tell me when she's telling lies. Yeah, it's 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy. But even worse than him, he like, is Bob Jpeg. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was the one that really, Iger, as far as I know, wasn't viewed as this evil genius until after Jpeg got ousted and, and had his run of the, the mill and really started crapping things up in the house of Disney. Yeah. Like he was taking full-on shits in the corner. And then Iger seems to just have gone in there and said, I can do better. <laughs> like, it's unreal. He's my friend. I, 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 I don't know, man. It, Boris has, I spoke with Boris a lot about this, and it ties in with the pro wrestling aspect of it because, you know, whether it's pro wrestling, whether it's, you know, Hollywood, whether it's just corporate in general, it's all the same practice. A lot of what, which is why I feel like anybody who doesn't understand the severity of what's going on and think that it's only a Hollywood thing, you're dead freaking wrong. That is happening to everybody everywhere who can utilize AI for anything, who can manipulate your payroll and wage for anything. Yep. The same practice, the same unethical practice, I should say. Well, is going to happen everywhere. And it already has been. It has been, but we're going to be seeing it more and more. But what makes me laugh and just in the I'm very angry way is, you know, you're seeing a lot of job postings about AI from these studios like Disney. And they're offering, you know, six-figure salaries for AI engineers and whatnot, right? Like, it is absolutely ludicrous where if they were Horrible. to take this investment, they could literally pay what people are asking for yeah but it's just yeah you know god forbid we give into a union type of thing right it's not even giving into a union like they're obviously trying to save money yeah well yeah obviously oh, yeah. It's, it, it is what it is they try to save money that and, and they're greed out of greed they make just like fran dresser said they make billions god yeah the marvel cinematic universe has generated billions not all it combined by one movie <laughs> And they yeah. claim that they don't make money. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they categorize movies in such a way that they have more failures than successes, but yeah. still those things are in raking in cash. Yeah. Right? It, it just goes off the zeitgeist of everybody's track in a box office. And it goes into DVD sales, reruns, everything like that. And then they're like, Oh, it was a profitable venture at the end of 10 years. Yeah. We made a lot of money off of it, but they make out like they're, they're getting nailed on it left, right and center tax wise. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny, you, you bring up a great point, Dax, and that's kind of like the whole, you know, right now we're seeing this in Hollywood, but other industries are going to start facing this more and more and more. And one industry yeah. that I'm afraid of, an industry that, you know, it's a subset of the tech industry, and 
it's an industry that, in my opinion, a lot of people just feel like they don't have a voice. And that's the video game industry. Yep. Ouch. Yeah. And they yeah. already I, I feel like I feel like that train is coming. Oh, it's coming faster than a lot of people think. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. A lot faster than a lot of people think. Um, so, yeah, but you have to look at all those studios and the resistance to the guilds, right? Like, look at Activision blizzard like they've just been so uh, yeah. active in trying to kill union like union busting and whatnot it's interesting too i know it's a little bit more left field but a lot of the same things that we're talking about here i hear a lot in our local grocery store strike here in toronto with metro yep. and they're interviewing people on the picket lines and they're saying how come our ceo makes 50 million dollars a year how come our profits are three four hundred million dollars for a quarter and yet we can't even pay our rent or most of the people who work in the store can't afford to shop in the store right. they have to go to food banks yeah Which so it, it's, it's happening like outside of the ai thing is all i'm saying yeah ai is a great instigator in this case in the sag but yeah. it's also inflation in the state of the economy that's really got people right that's, that that's why, able to strike. What's that's why I say everybody's now? going to be able to relate to it in some form yeah, or yeah. fashion. You know, yeah, we're talking about AI, but no, there are other things that they're fighting about too. That's one of them. Um, tell me why I'm not going back to Starbucks right. <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the union busting, right? And I just started going to like I never would go to Starbucks, and they had that caramel ribbon deal, and then I started getting used to it, and then I go up to go about to go get it, and I'm like, oh crap, I see picking signs. What the hell is yep. going on here? Yep. And I just went oh, straight man. to Wawa right there. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing with with here, like you know, and and in, in the states and in Canada, inflation is going down, but everything else wow. is going up. And what's mm -hmm. the craziest part here is like Loblaw, the you know one of the biggest uh, grocery chains in the country, owned by one of the richest people in Canada, Galen Weston and the Weston family. They had right. a five hundred eight million dollar profit. Uh, I think it's like twenty five percent year over year profit, and it's just and these are the same people that are not giving in, not giving an extra cent, but their profits are like making record. Profit. So, like, Black, you made the greatest point in all of this is that, you know, we, we what we're seeing in Hollywood is just a subset of the bigger world. And Tyler's, like, we've been, the three of us, Phil, Tyler, and myself, yeah. we've been yelling about this for, what, two years since we came back? Yeah. Since this iteration? Like, we saw the writing on the wall more and more and more and more. And the tech industry, because we saw what the tech industry was doing and what, yeah. you know, where a lot of money is going in tech. And now we're seeing it. I mean, part of the reason why I am a freelancer, you know, again, for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm, I'm also a freelancer multimedia developer uh, that, that works, that focuses on graphic design and, you know, web development and other things to, you know, and brand management and everything. Um, you know, I used to work a corporate job for over, well over a decade. And just the mistreatment, not only just as an employee, but as a black man in the corporate world, it was just too much to handle. And I just decided to get out before it, it kills me because it was the stressors was just killing me alone. And let me tell you, when I left, they could, it, it was, I was like irreplaceable at that time. And this is the type of thing that I wish more people would fight. And we did have it at one point in this in, in America where, where people just started soft quitting. That was becoming a yeah. thing. And I guess that's part of the reason why a lot of, 
you know, there's a lot of worry of this transition. I mean, we had like stores, you know, like CVS and all the stuff start adding in, you know, self check-in aisles and all the stuff. And I'm like, I already know how many jobs did that take uh, took away. And now we're only seeing like three, maybe three clerks in these places, three or four clerks it used to be like five to 10. Now they got like a few like stock people and, and, a few, and just three people in there. And then all the rest of it is the pharmacy, but yep. you could check in your own stuff on your own. So I'm like, that's just taking work from people too. And like, where's the end game for this? And if people, I've mentioned this before, if somebody was to tell me what's the end game with this AI thing, maybe I would understand but nobody's been ever to tell me what's the end, you know, how is that going to help us? It's, it's, it seemed like it's more of a helping you more than helping us type of thing. Yep. Yep. I find it off putting anytime that even on YouTube videos where they have the emulators reading. Yeah. And things like that. I won't even click the minute I click it and I hear that I'm out. Yeah. I want to hear real people. I want to hear real voices. (laughs) <laughs> I want to know that real work is being done if I'm going to pay it any patronage. Yeah. And, you know, like even here in Canada, it was interesting again on the news tonight that some of the Walmarts are eliminating their self checkouts because Early. there's too much theft. Okay. Then that makes sense. <laughs> so now they're like, we welcome people back and you can get checked out. And I'm just like, you bastards. It was the exact opposite three years ago when you started ramming this down our throats. And it was just like everybody was saying, hey, I'd rather deal with a person. Too bad. It's a machine. And now we have one clerk in that section to help you process your payments. <laughs> I wish more people were were, were uh, observant as you are, because to see, you know, when it comes and again, because we all do what we do, we kind of have a little bit more focus on how things are promoted and marketed. We can, we technically like people see, um, you know, redheads and blondes. We see binary code in this case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and good reference. It happens. I, I'm, I'm constantly doing it. Meanwhile, no offense to my wife. She's not here, but my wife, <laughs> my wife is one is the perfect target audience for all these companies. Cause she, I, she falls for them a lot. And I'm like, I gotta be the one to wave her off. Like, no, no, this is what they're doing. <laughs> yep, I just want to point that out because she's not here. So I can, <laughs> You get your point in, get it, get it in now while you can. I love it. Here we go. But now, even still, like you know, to to Phil's point, I was like, you know, watching Infinity uh, and Secret Invasion. I I refuse to watch that out that opening intro. Same. Yeah. I I can't. You know, it. I I will admit it's kind of dope, but it's a slap in the face. (laughs) And they claimed it wasn't a slap in the face. It's they're, they're gaslighting. I love how they yeah. try to justify it. But this is the mood of the show. It makes sense no. that we used AI. It's like, and, no. And, we, and nobody lost their job. Nobody was, yeah, because nobody was hired for the job. Exactly. <laughs> That's the rub. That's Gaslighting the, rub, the right? hell out of, their, out of these people. Oh, yep. They did the same thing with Hawkeye, and it wasn't AI, but they completely ripped an artist off, completely, you know, mooched the entire storyline and everything, and didn't pay one bit of credit to them. Unbelievable. And, they're doing the same thing with some of their Star Wars books and acquisitions that they've made, yeah. where Alan Dean Foster is dying of cancer and can't get a payment over some of the books that he he wrote. Mm. And isn't this like this reminds me what happened to the uh, creator Superman? Then he get screwed over too for years, like a long time ago. For years, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. 
until then like the family fought you know it took until recently did they say you know superman because they completely took him off the credit uh yeah yeah it's 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 crazy how these companies work but remember you know you technically anything done under that umbrella they own type of thing so hey yeah. look I, I got screwed again i did a design job for the um for, for the nonprofit that i worked for um years ago it was one of the biggest projects that i've done at the time and like thank god i'd power through that because i it, it it hit me emotionally doing this and they went off and like I, I i even spent my anniversary which is funny because this is the week of my um 18th wedding anniversary so like during like the fifth or the sixth or whatever of that time i spent more time trying to design that then, you know, because it was supposed to go on banners all down our center city and everything and in a Macy's window and all the stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's dope. That's great credibility right there. And they went along and took liberties with my design to the point I was floored. And they, they knew they were wrong for it. And I gave them a thousand analogies as to why. Like, you don't change the, the smile of the Mona Lisa. You don't get away with doing that. And you damn sure don't get away with changing my design. And if anything that needed to be done, I could have done it myself. They were so they they knew I was so pissed off. They gave me days off with pay. Wow! And wow. then on top of that, one of the the uh, managers that was responsible for it hid for me in that office for two weeks, legit. No, no, no lie. Wow! And I and and I came across very articulate during the during my email at the time too because they they thought I was going to go all ice cube on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, it, that's how they that's how corporate does man it's it's, it's crazy and, and that like i said that same practice that happened in that in that nonprofit will happen everywhere because they you know within every outer you know within the you know inner layer of every you know industry it's usually the same you know philosophy and practice that they do to you know for the foundation of what they uh what they're running yep same yeah. thing yeah that's exactly Hollywood, right. Hollywood, corporate, WWE, you name it, it. They all within it. There's a corporate element that they have a structure. Yep, that's exactly it. And that's oh, why, yeah. like, you know, in, in our little world, Dax, you know, people love to give Tony Khan credit and everything. But, you know, like, I remind people, this guy's a billionaire. Yeah. He, he yeah. didn't start AEW out of the kindness of his heart. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> right? I'm so, waiting for him. To, I'm waiting for him to go raw. Right, I know you are, especially <laughs> you, especially you. I know you are. I, I just, I can't wait for it, just so I can say, I told you so to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get pushed to a point. We'll see how it is in a few years, but I'm enjoying it now, so I'm just <laughs> just ride it, ride it, and watch it, and enjoy just ride it while you wave. can. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, something that we've, I've, I don't know if I've, we've ever talked about this too much, but in terms of comics. What are you reading nowadays with about with comics? Are you reading any? Are you like what are you enjoying? I was last the last thing I read was Static. Um oh, yeah. that was Milestone Media and also um The Blood Syndicate which is written by a um friend/guest of mine Jeffrey Thorne. Um Jeffrey Thorne is a hell of a well there's a there's a lot of significance to Jeffrey. Jeffrey Thorne is a awesome writer but he's also a showrunner and an executive writer from uh, an executive producer and writer of a many of show many shows um for instance he did uh avengers black panthers quest a tv uh, animated series yeah, he, nice. wrote, he was the showrunner for that he um i don't know if you guys have uh stars in your neck of the woods the channel we but yes, do yes do y'all have the y'all know about the show power yes 
okay, so he was one of the executive producers of Power Book Two, which uh, starred Method Man or um, Mary J. Blige. So he was responsible for doing that as well. He also written a lot of DC and Marvel books. He created a comic book um, character called Mosaic on Marvel uh, back uh, a while back. And, um, you know, he was responsible for doing Blood Syndicate. So I read that. And what I love about his writing is that because of his experience in Hollywood. Oh, by the way, I should mention um, the classic series in the heat of the night. You might have if you watch that show, he's the black officer that always sits in the desk he's been that character for for um seasons but he stopped acting and went straight to writing he likes writing much better and i love how he is because he he he's the guy that doesn't keep his mouth shut that's why i always love having him on the show so i've been reading his stuff i've been reading static um as far as marvel stuff uh off and on i would jump back into things i do want to read the um upcoming uh what is it miss marvel new mutant Yes. Series is coming out because all of a sudden she's a mutant now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how she come from an inhuman to a mutant. And they're trying to like assimilate the Marvel Cinematic Universe storyline into the comics now, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So I'm interested in checking that out. But like whatever comes in. Yeah. It's funny. My um, childhood friend, Adam Gorham, does the art for that. For which one? Ms. Marvel New Mutant. Oh, that's beautiful art. And I think that's what really drew me in, too. It's yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. His art is really, really good. Adam's doing a lot, too, isn't he? Yeah, a lot. A lot. I, I, I'm a always lot of, impressed at how busy he is. Yeah, they got a lot <laughs> that's of a good, attention. That's a problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's been doing the, some of the alternate covers for Dead Romans. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So. Yep. It's, that's been my book for the past while <laughs> getting back it's, into it. But I did get news that the comic book shop that closed in my town is going to be reopening in nice. a pub. In a pub. In a pub. Yeah. The that's pub awesome. owner misses a com- his comic book shop. So he's turning half of his pub into a comic book shop. And just he just says, well, all the geeks come here anyway because we play video games <laughs> and drink at night, so we may as well read comics too. I hope he has a cage to block <laughs> off at right? a certain time. Like, here's the thing: I have I had somebody that I know. Um, unfortunately, her because uh, the pandemic shut her down. Unfortunately, but she was the first black female in America, uh, the first black female on the East Coast to ever own a comic book shop but it was a comic book shop slash cafe she she was so famous and i'm looking at her cover right now she was so famous that she was on abc news marvel comics actually drew a special variant cover for her for uh invincible iron man the uh riri williams deal that i have right there and they drew her in with talking with riri williams in the uh in her shop and tony stark's in a holographic tony stark is in the background so it's dope um but Unfortunately, the pandemic took it down. It was a really awesome, awesome shop. And I really hope that they get it back up someday. But that's a chill mode. And that was a real chill mode. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with this thing. <laughs> with the pub. Right? I, I think I think the owner from the sound. Plexiglass that. He, he's worked in. You know, he's. I think he's making a separate shop that's linked in. So it's like during the day, you can go in, do your comic book shop separate entrance so you can get the kids in. Yeah. And then maybe in the evening or whatnot, like, like a speakeasy. Me, I'm like, 
got to <laughs> yeah. go to the board games and everything then at that point because it's like you can get down there and do some Warhammer and have a drink, you know? But, like, you know, knowing me, I'm going to buy that graded comic that I've been waiting for years and then have a few pints. And later at night, you're going to see me, like, trying to smash the plastic open. <laughs> I can see I it being a coaster down. for you. Just yeah, <laughs> being a coaster. It's great. It is sealed. Yeah. You know what? I would probably do that, which is the sad part. You'd be the one that buy Amazing Fantasy, Amazing Fantasies 15. 100%. 100% it's I would do that. that whole thing up. Got the only mint condition in Canada, and he screwed it all up because of a binge. You know? Oh, man. I'm not... Sometimes I think about some of the books I could have picked up graded um, like just 10 years ago, not even, uh, but mm -hmm. I'm like so lucky I didn't because I would have cried if some of these books got damaged the way that others did. Uh, Phil, what is going on in the world of Phil? Hey, you know what? Um, I've been laying low. I've been catching up on TV. I've been catching up on some games. I think we talked last time I finished off Jedi Survivor. Uh, yeah, Jedi <gasps> Survivor. So Beautiful. that was a solid game for me. And to be honest, I was having a real difficult time trying to figure out where my next game is going to be because Diablo 4 seems to be hitting all kinds of controversy. And I'm like, yeah, well, if my Xbox ends up, you know, as everything looks like they're going to be paving the way for Activision and they just got to get it done the next two months, yeah. then it's just going to show up on Game Pass anyway. Right. So why flip the money? Because I don't want to play the live service aspect of it. Hey, yeah, that, that was that was my turn off from getting Diablo Four. Yeah, I was I was this ready to get it, and then I found out that like you need online access all the time to play this. I'm like, why? <laughs> why is this need? What do you want from me? Here, take my information now. Right. I mean, uh, look, I, that's another problem. That's another yep. problem. I think that's. That's hindering the video game industry right now. This live service thing, not a, people are starting to crap on it yeah. because yeah. the fact that you, I, I always, I when I grade games, I do add the factor of online dependency, and if mm -hmm. you are that dependent on a on a game, like I'm just saying, no matter what, we've had the internet for decades now. It's been commercialized for decades. It is still not perfect. <laughs> servers can go down uh maintenance can go ha can happen outages DDoS can happen yeah and you're out you're asked out of playing a game if you if you do that because there's no all offline access to it yeah and i don't oh, want yeah. and damn if i ever want to play a game that i pay 60 to 100 for and i can't play it offline no nah, i'm good <laughs> and, and and part of that problem though too is how long do you keep the game alive yeah, post launch, and, and the other issue that we've discovered on the show here is digital consoles. Mm -hmm. You know, you go out and you get an Xbox Series S, your internet's down. How do you play your games? Because mm. Xbox isn't authenticating that you own it. So when they had an outage with their Xbox Live service a year or so ago, nobody could play their games on the Xbox Series S. That sucks. Because, you know, even though I, there's no disc drive. There's nothing, and and now the game companies are shipping blank discs. That just which I find hilarious. You know, like they just have a key that directs it to the internet, so you don't even get a game archive, which is really frustrating for that segment of guys and yeah. girls who do the game archiving, right? Yeah. So, 
it's it's been between that and then i was like okay well it just keeps on getting worse and worse with diablo 4 so i was leaning in towards final fantasy 16 which i've never really been a final fantasy guy yeah but the hype is so real there was a demo i downloaded it <laughs> demo caused my ps5 to overheat what I got the screen that said, this game is causing your game to overheat. And I got to this little shop of horrors, like monster thing. And then I'm that's oh my God. Alarms left, right and center. And I'm like, and I'm not even in the graphics mode. I was in performance mode. The one that is supposed to avoid this issue. I have so many questions about that right now. Like <laughs> you're about to get interviewed. I'd never heard that ever for the PlayStation 5. Oh. And I, I've played and beat Final Fantasy 16. And had yeah. no issues with that. That was I'd never heard that before. It it's a big issue on Reddit. There's a lot of people complaining about it. It's happening. Wait, in, wait, 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 wait. Which which version? Which which PS5 do you own? PS5 disc. Ah, I think that's a pattern because I have digital. Okay, there might be. Also, well, uh, apparently online they said that it was due to the graphics mode. It was in the 4K mode versus the performance, the frame rate mode. Yeah, but mine was in performance. I was in both. I I switch back and forth every once in a while with mine. Could it have anything to do with the fact that you uh, upgraded the hard drive? Uh, Mm. It's on the the onboard hard drive, and I did Mm. install the heat sink. I do have a certified PS. Oh, so it's not. Oh, okay. You upgraded the hard drive. Yeah. Well, I have the regular hard drive, plus I installed an additional hard drive. Yeah, right. I was actually planning to do that myself um, sooner or later because I know Amazon was, uh, you know, they were uh, hyping up a PlayStation official SSD drive that we can install in. Uh, That's another terabyte. And I was like, okay, because the terabyte that I have, it's it's an external that you can only switch the in and out the uh, data. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I I want a little bit more power than this. It it is nice. Like obviously, this Final Fantasy thing was a glitch with the game. It's not a system issue. It's yeah. with the programming. So I would assume Square Enix is going to get that taken care of. That's At this point, I've waited long enough. Where I'm like, I'm just going to wait for a sale. You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. just so much coming at me. Like I-, I can fire up either console, the X or the PlayStation <laughs> Five, and I'm just like. There's just tons of free games just hammering at me. And then you got to catch up on your back catalog, right? Right. Because there's always games that you bought with the best intention. Go back two games. And yeah. (laughs) And then you're like, uh oh, like I I played Hogwarts demo, Mm -hmm. which was interesting. I played the F uh, F123 because I'm a bit of a driving guy. Right. So I played that and I've just been downloading a lot of the demos because I have the EA subscription. Right on both platforms so that gives me access to with ea i don't understand their strategy because they give you five hours on some games yeah like that's <laughs> that's a lot like yeah i can feel like i'm done the game after that Just, but some of their games like uh survivor i think is like i think that runs like 30 maybe hours yeah so- survivor was a bit of a uh, i think I, I did it in 27 and a half yeah. hours but i not I was going not without going through every submission or whatever like that yeah so now i'm going back now that i've got all the powers unlocked yeah so i'm going back through some of the earlier areas and trying to find all the bonus chests and whatnot that are behind the uh the green shield walls right so. i can tell you right now briefly um if there's any cancellation final fantasy 6 
16 is a fun and worthy game to play when the time comes. Yeah, you could hold off, but um, it's about like 30 to 60 hours of action fun. I mean, if you look, if you're a fan of games from the company Platinum Games, you're going to love this because yeah. this is this is a Final Fantasy game that is a action adventure RPG, not not, not to be. Yeah, that's what's drawing me in is just yeah. the combat system and everything like that. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the single player. Put me on rails. I don't necessarily need an open world. Yeah, I just want to feel like I'm in an open world. It's it's and, uh, Final Fantasy uh, cross Devil May Cry. Yeah, and I just love the story element. I'm playing, like I say, I'm playing the demo. Yeah, and the demo is legitimately fun. Yeah, so it very much I, is. I, I hats off to them because I do think it's an accomplishment. It looks fantastic. I I will also say like I know you said you don't go into Final Fantasy games, but I would highly recommend jumping on uh, Seven Remake. Yeah, Just, I've got it. Okay, but then yeah. get your get your damn console and gear because when when uh, Rebirth come out, yeah, you think that oh. you're gonna have problems now. There, that's a two disc game apparently. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. that that's oh. gonna be hilarious. It's yeah, I, I, I I'm hibernating. <laughs> I say that that I'm not a Final Fantasy fan in the sense that I'm not one that goes title to title. Same. I just pick the ones that appeal to me more than others. Same. Certain genres appeal to me more than some of the other genres that they do. Yeah. 16 is is quite appealing. A 7 was great for me. 7, I have the original discs on my 486 computer still <laughs> from back in the day because i used to work in a computer store mm-hmm. so i would just geek out and that was like six cds at the time or something insane like that awesome. and i'm like who the heck does this and <laughs> yeah my friends and i were just blown away by the story and everything so i Game did play around with that remake <laughs> but yeah what have you been up to boris Honestly, I've been so busy dealing with a lot of work stuff. Um, yeah, my PS5 is still collecting dust. Haven't been able to play a lot since in a while. Um, yeah, I've just been so freaking busy. But I think I'm going to take next week off, and next week I'm going to you know, tackle some of the games like Jedi Survivor, uh, like yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, and Oof. really try to uh, get back. Oh, you, ain't coming back to, you ain't coming back to work if you play Tears of the Kingdom. I know, right? <laughs> you, you, you need way more than a week or two. <laughs> I know. It just for me, it's more just just getting back into things, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm still waiting for that uh, wrestling game that we were talking about. Uh, the, apparently, the you console, got eight more days. Yeah, nine more days. So, <laughs> if I wanted to play it for PC, I can get the code now, and you know, mm-hmm. I would have the media block until the eighth. But yeah. Because I guess the developers didn't realize that the approval process for the stores take a little while. Uh, we're mm. not going to get codes until the actual release day, so that's fine. I can live with that. Yeah, I'll, I can play on, on my week off next, starting next Tuesday, and that should be fun. It should be. It looks yeah. like it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to play that one. Um, in terms of comics, yeah, honestly, Phil, you know, today's the uh, the dead the uh, the last day to buy. Pre-order, Dead oh, Romans, uh, the last Fred, issue. Fred got an extra week on that. Oh, did he? I heard. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Good he got an him. extra week on that. Good for so, him. Yeah, and I think I think that series has been remarkably well received. Well, it's considering making like, 
comic book resources top 10 image titles right now so you know that's yep. uh, not bad or image titles not now but just in like in the past little while so yeah no it, it's a it's very well done book uh you know when it comes to story like look at with his podcast uh you know the star wars podcast oh like, the mud 79 yeah. yeah mud 79 he just puts story into story into story uh dax our friend a uh, friend of the show here, he essentially, uh, he he's a radio host here on like a popular mm-hmm. rock station. Uh, biggest okay. nerd that you will meet. Uh, does a lot of right. TV stuff and whatnot, and you know does a lot of the like the TV interest for for nerd isms and whatnot. Uh, just kind of delved into comics here and there, but he has a fairly successful series right now, and mm. um, one of his side things is making this. Uh, Star Wars fan fiction podcast. It is so well done. It's like a radio play. Yeah, it's a radio play. Oh, it, oh that's yeah. awesome. And he he's self-learning, right? He, he's learning how to do all the audio production. Yeah. So he's doing it the hard way. You know, he's got multiple people doing voicing, uh, scripts, you know, approvals, production, wow. post, everything. So good on him. I, it, it's fun from a Star Wars fan. I don't know if you can tell. But <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun to listen to, and it, he kind of takes the Star Wars universe and puts it in through a like a stormtrooper mud mud trooper kind of experience through a tactical lens. Mm. So it's it's still got a good story, right? But it's more so told from the soldiers' point of view. And oh, that's, that's awesome. kind of like what he's doing with Dead Romans is he's taking something that's happened in history and putting story around it. So it's not just what you read in a textbook that the Romans invaded Germany. Right. Right. It's like, oh, here's the story about this one general and his girlfriend. And you know what I mean? Like his his attract his attraction to this general's um, a wife and things like that. So. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't finished the books or anything like that, but I just know that there's going to be a fantastic story and it's getting very well received as Boris has pointed out across nice. the comic book industry. And I'm happy for him because I just think that it all signals there's going to be more stuff that's coming. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. I like his attention to detail. Yeah. Very good. So something I wanted to really quick, quickly bring up before we go to our topic the jour and uh actually and i have talked about this but phil you and i haven't um and i don't know if you actually played these video games way back when and i'm sure you did at some point the twisted metal games oh yeah i am yeah, so yeah, looking cool. forward to that tv show so much so freaking um, much. you uh don't listen to my um to my show no <laughs> <laughs> i already i reviewed it I'm just going to say it had no business being that damn good. Good to know. know. And and just enjoy, no pun intended, but enjoy the ride. Nice. Yeah. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of the original games, (laughs) one of the biggest surprises of this year, in my opinion, how awesome is Thomas Hayden church? Dude, first of all, he's the greatest Sandman ever. There will there will never yeah. be another better Sandman than Thomas Hayden Church. Agreed. But this was Age of Stone was the role for him. He played it up so well. And again, here's the thing: we 
the, the trailers were so misleading because they had you thinking this was going to be a goofy comedy. Yeah. It really is not. It's a, it's a comedy in the sense of thinking orange is the new black, believe it or not, because there's comedy, but there's some serious points in there. And there's a lot of backstory, which really helps. And that's the, that's what made the game series so great because it was, they took a street fighter approach with construction derby driving and each character had their own backstory that you got into. So they did the same exact thing here. And my God, and I will say this, and now we'll just leave it at that. Will Arnett and Samoa Joe are a great tag team. We talk about, um, we talk about Adam Cole and MJF. No, yeah. <laughs> those two working together. I did. I, I still say that Samoa Joe could have done that job himself because his voice does sound a little bit like it. It carries. And they could have just auto tuned him, but to their credit, they made it work. You're going to have a lot of fun. Awesome. Cannot wait for that. Awesome. Uh, you and I have talked about this show, but Phil, I wanted to ask, have you watched any episodes of My Adventures with Superman? <laughs> I am actually, I've watched the first couple and I'm recording the series because it airs at midnight here yeah. on yeah. Thursdays. So I've got the series recording for that season because I liked what I saw. I got to yeah. say, like, I, I thought yeah. was, the animation <laughs> was really awesome. I, there you I go. Enjoyed, I just enjoyed the look and the feel of that particular show. And I thought, you know, this is worth getting in on the ground floor for. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that it's rebooted or, you know, it exists. And it's a great way to enter into now. I've just started The Flash. I still haven't watched that, the movie. So it's little baby steps right now. <laughs> I, I got I got in my spare time. I got Guardians 3 done. And, uh, you know, I'm just catching up on For All Mankind and some mm. other shows that I had kind of left standing because they were freaking me out how good they were. And it just <laughs> there's just been so much media this this past year. It's it's insane, you know, with yeah. all the Star Wars stuff and, and things like that. Complain about it all you want. But it's not as good as some of the other stuff. Just yeah. the fact it exists is really exciting for me in some way, shape, or form. Yep. So, yep, for sure. And actually, you have to understand. So Phil doesn't go to theater, so he hasn't been able to watch movie in a theater just because of you know many reasons. He can get into that if he wants. <laughs> but so it's, this is like his golden time <laughs> to catch up on a lot of stuff. Right. I just love the transition to how quick it comes on to streaming now. It's just yeah. like. You know, I'll, but I'm the kind of guy I made this clear. I will buy the digital download or buy the 4K disc. Yeah. And legitimately, because I want the creators to know it's being supported. I'm there not you go. Into this streaming every like I will watch a friend's plex. But if I like the movie or the show, I'm going to go and buy it. Yeah. Because I need to know that those people I I need to be able to sleep at night knowing that those people got paid. Or well, at least the irony. somebody figured out that. <laughs> yeah. The irony, Phil. Yes. Now it's all it's all up. It's a whole new perspective now. Yeah. But at least like when we look at the controversy that's coming out with the SAG stuff and everything, where all of these, you know, Netflix and everybody say, Well, we don't know how many people watch it. You bloody well do know. You just don't yeah. want to you know let the numbers there's data everywhere. At it least is impossible with, with purchasing it. Company. There's a paper trail. Yeah, it's impossible for a tech company not to know who's hitting a server. 
I want those servers <laughs> if that's humanly possible. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of people on the dark web who want those servers, yes. <laughs> you know, if they exist. <laughs> um, so something I want to bring up quickly. You yeah, man, it's so weird that we've gone through the summer. We're almost in August, and this is what the third, second year, third year since we've had E three. It just feels so weird not having E three. But we're I feel oh, like we're getting all these announcements and news and things like that, like in the peripheral. Um, so Phil, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is Star Wars Outlaw. We haven't talked about that mm. in a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that not E three thing. That was <laughs> But (laughs) (laughs) yes, uh, to be honest, like originally, I guess when I saw it, you know, Ubisoft, I'm a little I I have an embroiled history with Ubisoft as a game company. (laughs) I love it that it's got Canadian offices, which, you know, yay. (laughs) Um, But I don't like their current monetization or game pass pass. Agreed. Going with you know uh, NFTs and and doing the whole online service game instead of just making a solid game that you can play as a single player, right? Like like Agreed. I I'm not enjoying that part of it. I'm not enjoying the company's ethos or or anything about it. But that being said, Outlaws originally I thought it looked like Star Wars with Assassin's Creed Star Wars was my fear. But the more I see of it, the more I'm thinking there's a potential for the game here. I, I, I don't have a problem with a female protagonist. I don't have a problem with a lot of the things that all these little, all these rage boys are, are freaking out about <laughs> online. Right. With, with, Oh my God, another girl in star Wars. Oh my goodness. And, I like to call them the social sabotager. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They're never going to be happy. They're never, no. they're just always going to complain. Why? It's not, it's not, the, it's not the product It's usually them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, exactly it. it. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to see what it lands at. And I want to see what it lands at after a week in the sense that I'm getting real tired of game companies releasing a game. So they get the critical reviews up front and then changing it into game as a service a week later or a month later. And then you're like, everybody's Metacritic scores take a dump and everybody's raging about everything the same way you know like here's diablo 4 looks awesome plays great and then a week later they're like oh ed we're gonna make the games as a service so now and then it's just dive bombs and a lot of game companies are doing that ubisoft haven't earned that cred yet for me Mm -hmm. where i think that my money's safe with them and that's a company that i'm going to be very careful around anything they do even with my beloved star wars Mm -hmm. it's it's but that that's an even bigger opportunity like look at how long ea took to figure out exploiting the fan base with battlefront the way that they did with those loot boxes and then finally getting on to the jedi fallen order survivor single single player adventure game that it has become Phil, can I tell you that that you know I was I was really skeptical about jumping back into e, uh, EA because of that reason. Yeah. It's not just it's not just the Star Wars series; they did that platform for all their products, um, UFC and all that stuff. And then I was like, I'm done with EA. E, yep. EA yep. Stand, to me stands for Evil Asses, not Electronic Arts yep. in this case. And I didn't I I, I played the first 
Jedi game, but I didn't like it because they there were some things that they didn't that I didn't love in terms of navigation or anything. But yeah. I said like I'm gonna try this one more time, and if this game sucks, I will never buy another EA game again because I'm tired of their crap. I'm tired of the things that they do in these these like schemes that they put in. Thankfully, this one did it justice, and it was and they did a lot of improvements on what they did with the first game. But yeah, that doesn't mean that every other game on EA is going to be the same either. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm, like I, there's no way I'm buying a UFC game. Yeah, no. I, I, the only the only games that I I participate in are some of the racing games that they because they bought Codemasters. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much bought a little bit of a segment of the racing area. Mm-hmm. And then the FIFA game, I still play it because I don't play the loot bag game at all. Yeah. I never mm-hmm. go into, I just go in with my teams and I play the games that I want and I get my enjoyment out of it for that. But I always wait for Black Friday sales. Like Boris and I have figured out, you wait for Black Friday, like bucks. this game comes out in yep. September, October. And it says 40 bucks or less. And then it shows up on Game Pass. There we go. It's free. I got on both platforms. I tried to test it out on both. <laughs> and that, that's been something that I'm doing with a lot of stuff, like even F123. The winner for me consistently is a PlayStation 5 because of the haptic feedback on the controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. always. That was my other question. Like, does I, nobody's ever answered this to me? Does uh, Xbox controller. Uh, and even the uh, the customizable controller, does it have any of that adaptive um, ability that the uh, PS5 controller, the DualSense controller has? Uh, it's got the Pro controller. You can add paddles in. You can. But in terms stick. of like, in terms of the adaptive, uh, you know, play where like no. when you I, yeah, that no. that, con- that DualSense controller is incredible yep. when you're playing God of War. Or um or uh the horizon games because it just draws you in even more into yep. that gameplay when you're it when and, and I remember when before the PlayStation 5 came in, there was the press conference that they had where they were talking about the adaptive play and um and, and the playability of the dual sense controller and how they got a bunch of sci- um psychologists to chime in on how we can make this adaptive to the play experience. And damn, if that thing doesn't do it sometime on these games, it, it's incredible. Yeah. It's hard for me to go out, it, it, with the exception of the Nintendo Switch, it's hard for me to jump on anything outside of that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a real contributor towards the enjoyment and the immersion yeah. of, of the game. But I'll tell you, like the first week that I had this console, Boris was lucky enough to get me hooked up with a friend of his that could get his hands on it. Mm-hmm. And got this thing, set it up, and immediately, one of the games that I had played religiously was Borderlands 3. Mm. And, you know, it's that sick humor. It, it's all of this wrong kind of game like gameplay, but it's so outrageous it works. So here I am, and I've got the haptic feedback, and they released the PS5 version of it. And I couldn't believe the fact that when I pulled out certain guns, I could feel the notchiness yes. of pulling the trigger. Yes. In so awesome. Feedback. And I'm like, did my controller break? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I'm like, now it's really hard to pull this. It really give you the pressure. For yeah. you, that's a little, like, a little added touch because you were huge into paintballing and whatnot, right? So, like. Yeah. It, 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 it was just so, I don't know. It was just so awe-inspiring 
to sit there and know that the different guns react differently and that somebody took that time to do that. And that's why I look for in the PS5 breakdown of the game on the store or whatever, is there haptic support? If it says that it was designed with the dual sense in mind, then I'm like, I'm buying it on PS5. I don't care, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless it's free on Xbox Game Pass, I'm that controller is a game changer. 100%. Yeah. And I don't care. I, I'll, I'll, it, the battery sucks on it. Yeah. I'll let it, you know, I can just play with it <laughs> plugged in. It works fine. So, yeah. But- but who needs haptic controllers when Xbox releases that T the TMNT controller with the smell? All right, all right. Oh. Granted, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like what Anthony Mackie says. Everybody's got a gimmick. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was watching a video of how that thing actually works. I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Like it's it's legit. Like oh like. What the hell? Yeah, I can't wait to hell? see. I can't wait to see countdowns and documentaries of the best or worst controllers ever come up, and that one's got to got to be one of them. Do you remember the Virtual and, Boy? And he, oh, um, oh yeah, you owned I, it. You owned my, it. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. My friend did, and I'm glad he's probably. Unfortunately, he's not watching this because I'm about to clown him. It's a age old thing that we do whenever we talk about it because he's the only guy that we knew within. A far region of uh, areas that has ever bought the Virtual Boy, and he regrets it. It's like how much red, how much red eye did you have? <laughs> yeah. and it's not like you guys are that age because I know how old I was. You're the same age as my brother, so I'm like, he mm-hmm. bought that with his own money. <laughs> That's yep. the even funnier part. Like, I think no, he didn't. No, we were young when that. We were still young. I don't think we like. I mean, we could work, but I don't think we were working. Yeah, no, he he. Before the before the Microsoft Zune, there was the Virtual Boy. <laughs> yep. And Boris, I don't think you ever noticed, but I have something what I call the Zune Award, and this is for products that everybody think is going to be the biggest thing, but ends up being a flop. Um, I'm thinking like the Google Stadia. I'm thinking the Google the Google Glass. I was going to say like, Google everything. <laughs> Google graveyard. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not putting my body there. Yeah, funny enough. <laughs> but it's like I, I give it to. I call it the Zune Award because it's like it's based on my uh, friend of mine who had the Zune, and he swore this was the the end the all be all thing. things. And we knew what happened with the Zune, so this is my way of clowning him about that. But now it's like it's it's known. Like the Zune was a big flop. You know, because it was trying to compete with uh, Apple hey. and um, their iPod technology at the time, and the Virtual Boy, it, it needs to be in the Hall of Fame of Zune, <laughs> the Zune of Fame or something like that. Something else needs, I, I, from I, I that era like, needs to be there as well. That? While everyone was playing with their iPods and their Zunes, I was using my Sony Mini Discman. Wow! Oh. <laughs> No, you know what? All right, here's the thing. Here, where here's where you get a pass for that because everybody had a disc man, and yeah. every not just Sony. Sony was the innovators was of it, of course. But everybody, like, dude, I had a mom, I had mine too. I had to hold it up as I walk. Yep. <laughs> if yep. you're in a car, you got to put it in a really solid place, or it's gonna skip. Yep. But they meant yep. for that to be portable, but it really wasn't. It wasn't at all. Yeah, well, it and he even had all. like the special packs that Sony made that had like a ton of padding on the one side so you could walk <laughs> with it. It's like they just put a band-aid in or you know in, in a Q tip in it or something like that to make it work. Yeah. Well, well that's what to you, that, you know, in, in their do. defense, everybody had that. 
Yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. what like, yeah, it's funny. Like some of the the the, the tricks to get stuff working because even on like I have the original Switch controllers and those I've had to put like Ugh. metal on, or like um, a little yes. foil so that the <laughs> I, had to, I had to replace can... my um my analog uh, I, Amazon get the kit and I would have to take it apart and you know install the uh the the, the analog sticks every yep. single time. Wow. I'm surprised I have the OLED um the OLED since I got it like um what it's been two years now you know I got it the day of at uh, Nintendo New York I've never placed them and it's crazy I've had the other you know switch and I can't tell you how many times I had how many um Joy Cons I, I bought and replaced yeah. yep I just went with Pro Controller on that which one is, yeah. which is which it's it's a great deal but I like yeah. handheld yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that screen, right? If you want speaking yeah. of the speaking of the Switch, news came out today that the next gen console might be coming out in the second half of 2024. Dax, what do you think of that? Yeah. Oh man, I, you know what? I feel like it's still too soon, but the, right? the Switch did come out in 2017. I so, know. you know, I guess it is time, but I'm just enjoying the Switch so much. It is their greatest console they've ever done. I don't know how they're gonna top it. And I don't want this to be like the Wii U. That's my no. that's my issue. I don't know where they're going, but they, here's the thing: they're gonna they got to compete with like these new handhelds now. The um the Steam Docks, the, uh, the Steam Decks, and these and the other one that came out, which I heard the wasn't Asus. as good. Yeah, which I heard yeah. wasn't as good as the Steam Deck. And the Steam Deck is nothing to really like um you know sing about either to some extent because yeah, it plays all these you know um these triple a games and all this stuff, but those triple a games are like 60 gigs and up. So you only got like a, we got less than less than a terabyte of uh, memory, internal memory. And then you got to buy like a, a SD card, which is not a bad thing at the end of the day. Cause I got a terabyte and um on, on a switch, but it, it it's like, they're going to have to compete with that, but I think they can. <laughs> so it just has to be, you got to make it, I don't know how they're going to outdo the Switch. It's just, right? that was just it's such a great console. My concern and my worry is Nintendo has this weird thing of having an awesome system and then the follow up to that just being, right? I'm afraid that we're going to get the Switch U. I think, was, I think, I, I seriously agree with that. Um, I, I, why? <laughs> I don't, it, I don't know. Make it, make it, just make the same thing, but just, you know, 4K. Yeah. That's my only it's the only thing that they could do. The only thing that they could do right now. I love the the uh the compact, you know, uh you know, um the compact aspect of it. Um I don't know. That I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not confident yet. <laughs> if if they were smart, in my opinion, and I know that this is not what they're gonna do, but if I were them, I would just make a better processor, better screen. Yeah, and just keep on leaning into being Nintendo. Yeah, you know, because a Nintendo is determined not by its pizzazz and its processors and all of these things. A Nintendo, a successful Nintendo product, is determined by the quality of the software. Absolutely, and, and it's been proven. You, get, you know, Zelda, you get Mario, you get Bill, these. You just want to play Real Animal thing. Crossing. Yeah, like, let's be honest here. <laughs> Which, by the way, is still better than a lot of the huge 4K AAA games. Yeah. Yep. I will, and, and trust me when I say this, people can argue this, but guess what? Wait until December when the Game of the Year awards come, when the Game Awards come. Guess what game is going to beat them all? I don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious, do you? 
Nah, right? <laughs> That's a thing. And, and like we talked about this on your shows, like where it's it, this is a tough year. There's so much good stuff coming out, but in my heart yeah. of hearts, I know who's gonna win. I have played plenty games after Tears of the Kingdom. You know what? You know what's funny? Tears of the Kingdom is so good. I don't want to finish it because I don't want that journey to end. And I have everything that I can do to be Ganon right now. I got like 20 hearts. I got every single weapon there. I got everything. I do not want to beat that game because I feel like I'm just it's the journey is over. And and I don't feel like that with any other game. And I've played. I think um, just on a switch alone, I might be over like a little over 250 games on the switch that I completed. Um, I can't even talk about what I did with the uh, PS5, but that game is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's not like that game is not like, um, breath of the wild. And they just added like another tree to it or like, like Malibu Stacy. And they just gave it a new hat on the Simpsons. It's a extremely great thing. It's like that, but they added two more layers to it. Literally. And it's just one of the greatest traverse experience that you ever have in any open world game. I don't know how they do it. I joked around it before when they, when I said, you know, and um, related it to the scene on Iron Man where Obadiah Stane is trying to get the uh, scientists to recreate the arc reactor and they can't because they're not Tony Stark. Well, Tony Stark is the Nintendo yep. Switch. Mm-hmm. And, they, and within it, it's Zelda Breath of the Wild and how the hell they were able to make that game do what it does, which is some better than some other games out there. And that's including Horizon. Now, I love Horizon, but Horizon is limited in comparison. That's the craziest part. Right. And that just goes to show you the creativity. Um, and, and, and this is why it, like video games has always made me laugh. Right. It's because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, a good game is a good game. It doesn't matter how strong it is. It doesn't matter how many gigapixels. It doesn't matter. Ray tracing and bullshit like that. A good game <laughs> right. is a good game. That's it. At the end of the day. Yep. Now, with that said, I want that ray tracing on Spider-Man 2, and I can't wait for that. <laughs> I love with that was... said. <laughs> Give me more cyberpunk with ray tracing in the expansion. Oh, I'm ready for that, too, the expansion? Oh, yeah. give me Idris. I can't yep. wait. Yep. Countdown. All right. All right. Let us talk about the strike and what is going on in Hollywood. We have gone in great detail about why the Writers Guild of America is on strike, but we never actually had an episode talking about the people who have joined them on the picket lines. So for the first time in six decades, Hollywood is getting so many strikes. And this is the first strike that the actors have actually had since the early 80s. So on July 12th, no agreement was reached. Union leadership announced imminent plans for an actor strike. The ripple effect was immediately felt. In fact, Cillian Murphy and Emily Blunt, Florence Pug, they all left the Oppenheimer red carpet to prepare for this picket line. I I think you said this quote, and I had to jot it down so that I can put it in my notes. At some point, the jig is up. You cannot keep dwindled and marginalized and disrespected and dishonored. The entire business model has been changed by streaming digital AI. This is a moment of history. SAG after President Fran Drescher. Yes, that Fran Drescher said during the press conference. If we don't stand (laughs) tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. So, 
who is the SAG after? The Screen Actors Guild of America, a federation of television, radio artists, represents about 160,000 actors, broadcast journalists, announcers, hosts, stunt performers, and other media professionals. So what do they want and what is different and what is the same as opposed to the Writers Guild of America? So it all comes down to technology. They haven't had a change in in their um, pay scale since technology has really hit the streaming right. services. So with streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Max, which still bothers me to know how that they were able to rename it, reshaping <laughs> the culture of television and movie watching, the nature of actors' pay it's also changed. So, you know, before you would get royalties on reruns or VHS, but they've never actually figured out how to have royalties for streaming services. And like Phil alluded to earlier, you know, these studios and streaming services kind of like keeping the metrics under in the dark for this very reason. Also, another huge fight is the unregulated use of AI, which may reproduce an actor's likeness or performance, um, whether they want to or not. And they want to be paid for that. Right. Pretty pretty simple in that in that uh, aspect, right? So a lot right. of people are saying, why are the actors on strike? What people don't realize is that when you think of actors, you think of the Tom Cruises, the Dwayne Johnsons, you know, the Mark right. Wahlbergs. That is what one percent. That's a, that's a what one percent right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. How many actors ha- can't afford to have a living wage, and those are the people that this is really going for because you're hearing more and more stories about how i think it was zordon from the power rangers who was paid what 500 bucks for one day of work and that was it yeah yeah let me uh let me say this and this is the reason why i love and had the honor and opportunity to interview a lot of these actors um that we love um especially uh, you know i don't know if you guys remember a while back i don't even know if you know a while back this is not the first actors sag after strike that actually happened. There was a minor mini one that happened a few years back involving the voice actors. Yes. Because they weren't getting, you know, you know, um, the same type of treatment that they're fighting for right now. That everybody's fighting for this. is If, if that was like, if that was civil war, this is in the game right yeah. now in comparison. But I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Stephanie Shea. She is the voice of the American version of Sailor Moon and uh, order he made from Bleach and a whole bunch of other things. And it was one of the realest interviews I've ever had because this was during the time when the strike happened. And she was very transparent of talking about the misconceptions that we as fans have. And you mean talking about like, like they make, they, they make money, but they don't make money. Like they're not riding yeah. in, in 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 Bentleys and um in roses and Rolls Royces and all that stuff. It's that's it's not like that for everybody. They make a considerable amount. Um, whereas like they can live off, but like considering how much money Crunchyroll and Sony is getting paid, which they're getting paid billions now for the uh, anime industry. It was never this in the nineties. They're getting paid billions for the for this industry, and now all they asked was um, benefits to you know secure their voices. Because like when you have a Cal Abair who's the voice of Ryu, you got a Molly Flanagan who does Naruto and screams like so much during not only four hundred episodes of this show and video games and movies. 
all they ask is for a fair share of what it, of what they want to hear, and, and those royalty checks and res, it was uh, residual checks is just insanely low. Um, so they ha- I have I've heard this before, and it gave me a broader understanding. This is why I'm glad to have these type of people in here, you know. And I, you know, they're voice actors, but they're actors at the end of the day. Um, and it 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 just boggles me that even they, this is where they're human. This is where we figure out that they're humanized and, and stuff like that. And, they, you know, everybody's have some form of labor that we need to fight for, which is why I'm glad Fran Drescher pointed that out in that speech. Um, and I also like the fact that the last reporter in that in that uh, press conference, he was, I, forgive me, but he was an idiot. But he also asked the right question to which Fran gave the right answer. And he asked, like, for those, for, for the fans who want to, um, just watch movies and watch TV. What do you tell them? Like what, um, you know, they're not going to care about this. And she like, she literally looked at him like, what makes you think that they won't? Whatever's happening here is exactly happening right now to them. And it's going to happen to them. So what happens now and how we handle this will play a factor in every other industry. That's what people don't realize, yep. right? Unions pave way for other industries and set yes. the bar for all industries, not just the direct industry that's being affected today. And it's core, it's corporate. Yeah, I, I will say this though, too, because we were talking about this in the intro about <clears throat> the whole point that this is coming for the video game sec- segment, too. Yeah, but we saw this with the Bayonetta 3 controversy. Oh, right, we, we yes. got uh, that was an excellent course in <laughs> how little some companies offer to pay. And I know that there was some fudging of the numbers by the people involved, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it still shed light on the fact that it's yes. like, come in and do voice work. We'll pay you 300 bucks. And you know, we've got, if it goes into the second day, we'll give you an extra 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. And basically there's 10 hours of work that you get everything recorded. And then you're on to the next project. If yeah. you have one. Right. And that's that's a tough way to live. That's a good. And again, and again, just like Hollywood, it depends on the person. It was for her. That was one thing. But let a Troy Baker and the Nolan North come in. Them boys getting paid, Mm -hmm. which is why I found it funny that it was those two that was on the other side of the uh, spectrum of that of that which to me was like it reminded me when John Cena when they were talking about doing uh, strikes and John Cena was like on the other side, too, of that aspect. You know, it, it's it's always the it's always sometimes the higher ups that kind of you know do, do this, which I think is a shame because they were at that stage at one point, which is why I'm glad Dwayne Johnson looked out the way mm-hmm. he did, and you know donated a historical amount of money <laughs> to the uh, to, to the deal. I thought that was very genuine of him to do. Um, Boris just reminds me of why CM Punk left WWE. Am right. I correct that part of the reason why he didn't want to mess with them was because it every all the um the royalties of the past matches was going into the WWE network and they didn't know yep how so he, he he didn't want to be a part of that. What year did CM Punk leave? Oh man, I forgot. It was been so long and I've been so happy since but 1314, right? So something like when that, did yeah. the network start 2014. Now, 
Yes. That with that said, if you remember the pay scale for wrestlers back then, they had their regular mm-hmm. pay, blah 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 blah. But then for pay per view appearances, they were given a bonus check. Bonus. And this yeah. pay per view uh, bonus check was based off of the pay per view buy rate. Once pay per views right. were gone and they went into the network, where we don't know the numbers, they stopped getting <laughs> those bonuses. And hence why I said it all connects. Yep. What happens in that industry happens in wrestling. And also, in some cases, there's some of that philosophy and strategy happens in other country, uh, companies. Yep. Yep. So, so it all connects. Yeah. And uh, I agreed 100%. And now we're starting to really see the ripple effect of all of this because projects are being canceled if you looked at the mcu they completely redid their entire release schedule based off of the fact that they don't have actors yeah. available available for marketing for reshoots and promotion right and, and all that fun stuff right craven uh, hunter is the recent the new spider-man the animated one supposed to come out april 2024 no release date yeah. people yeah. are freaking out but like yeah. they have to remember like the the studios need the actors. The studio need the writers. Like, look at uh, Deadpool. They had to shut down during the writers' strike because, yeah. well, you can't improvise. You have to go on <laughs> right. the script that was approved. So, right, yeah, like, like now we're really seeing the ripple effect. So, you know, well, just from a go ahead, Phil. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to clarify because I've looked into this, and it's most actors have to join the writer's union Mm -hmm. in order to add lines. Yes. And it also means that they get writing credits on the movie, which means a higher paycheck. Which is why you see a lot of executive producers and whatnot and, you know, in a case and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a whole reason why, because I I was like, well, why is that? And and then it all made sense to me about exactly how that is. So I just wanted to point that out to anybody who's on the other end listening, wondering why that is. So. Yep, that's exactly it. Thanks for pointing that out. So, yeah, we're seeing the ripple effect really start happening now. And, like, my question to you, Dax, is, you know, number one, how long do you think this is going to actually last? Because we saw these asshole studio heads essentially, like, get have their playbook and play and the game plan leaked where they were going to try to extend the strike as long as humanly possible until people needed money so that they can get what they wanted they being the studios so how long do you think these strikes are going to last um and to that you know like what's going to happen come fall because what we're seeing something very interesting and it's conniving and it's these companies who have these streaming-only shows, also own networks, are moving shows from Peacock, from Max, to the regular. What was the recent one? Par- um, Paramount. Paramount recently did this, didn't he? Um, uh, Paramount Yellow, Plus. Uh, that, that Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yep. Yes. Um, which honestly, I credit to them. That was that was. It's kind of brilliant on their part to do that now you get to see things that we don't get to see from that we're paying for but it it also messes up their platform with that too so it's it's draining that well um as well and i want to take note san diego comic-con got hit hard yeah hall h is the biggest attraction of that event and who's a part of marvel that is the where that's where the money is and they were not there no actors were there actually sag after was there technically so there you go um you know what? If there's going to be more Dwayne Johnsons, I can see this dragging out longer. Yeah. 
I can see this dragging it like like I don't know what Tom Hanks is doing right now. Um, I don't know what um, you know Tom Cruise is doing right now. I don't know if they are advocating if they're becoming advocates of the uh, other people that you know they were once a part of. They need to work on this and pull on this. Um, people are talking the end of the year. Yeah, I think spring. I think spring too. I think, I think spring, spring. And, and, I, I, again. If it, it just depends on if we get more Dwayne Johnsons doing what Dwayne did, this can prolong and, it and this can really drain out because it, it, it's just it, it is it's really kind of transparent what these studios are doing. That's the part that it's it's driving me crazy. It's because they're they're intentionally knowing that they're you know full of crap. They, it's like I hate to say this, but they're acting like a bunch of red caps right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that sense of just being so ballsy about what they're doing, because I swear to goodness, if that man was not at the top of the mountain at the time, I don't think the rea- the actions of these studios wouldn't be this bold. I, I could be wrong, but I just feel like since that time, people have been more bold about what they're doing and not care um, less about what they're doing and it's just it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy so um if if it depends on how much more funding they get depends on it um i don't know how long that money that they already have saved from the you know the pandemic is going to last in accordance with what um Dwayne put in but i can see this during this to the spring and if it goes to the spring i think it may be i think it absolutely will go on the actors in the writer's favor yeah now i i'm i'm curious do you think that the actors strike will resolve before the writer strike, or do you think they resolve at the same time? I think they've resolved at the same time because they all working okay. together. Yeah. Good. So for I, example, I like that answer because I've perfect. heard I've heard the actors might it makes no sense. resolve beforehand. <laughs> yeah. But I think that this is done kind of timed in such a way that they want to support the writers. Like they view exactly what's going on in writers as their issue right now. It, it, it's, it's, it makes no sense. Guild has more has more strengths, right? Like they're yeah. they're a bigger guild. They have more members, and they have the ability to probably push the public sentiment into their corner quicker than, let's say, the writers were. Right. You know, we know how bad they're getting treated. So yeah. Um. No. If they're smart, they work together. I mean, if we all were smart, we all work together, and this be a better world. But. Yeah. This is what we live at now. But here's the other thing, too. I need them to succeed. We all need them to succeed because we need to know what happens when the power of numbers kick in. Yeah. And if they yeah. work with this, then who knows what we can all do together. That's exactly We need it. to be yeah. able to support this. We've been saying that since uh, 1917 or so. Um, <laughs> now. <laughs> and we just lost a couple of listeners in Texas. Um <laughs> Tennessee Todd is out the wood, out the door. Right? Yep. All right. So uh, you know, another thing that I wanted to bring up, right, is the interim agreement. So there are um, waivers uh, that are being granted. And it's funny. And to me, this is the just the smartest thing that this studio could have done. And that's A24, essentially giving all the unions everything they wanted so that they can continue production on their movies being given waivers. So... These interim agreements essentially is studios bargaining with the unions and just having something in place 
for when you know everyone can 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 consider this done. So A twenty four, that little studio that could that little independent studio uh, that releases movies that might play one or two nights in your local little rundown theater especially yours that right. um you know they've been able hey, to essentially right. my give. theaters are rundown <laughs> I, I didn't mean rundown i meant more like the rip cedar too but it's rundown. <laughs> I, when i when i say rundown i think more like last action hero rundown like classic oh okay yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's funny that, like, and it's funny that the studios, I feel, are sending journalists to write hit pieces on these interim deals because you're starting to see some resistance and you're starting to see some negativity on these interim deals. And SAG After is basically saying, this is laying the groundwork for the bigger studios. Yeah, it's planting seeds. It's trying to, you know, yeah, I would believe SAG politics. After is a little bit smarter than this. Yeah, this is like this is like the Wally Coyote Roadrunner, you know, routine. It's like you put birdseed here, you think the Roadrunner is going to eat it, and then you know you hit them with the acme. They're yep. not falling for this. Yeah, <laughs> yep. but hey, th this is it's vital because look, it goes to show you if a twenty four, this little studio that could, can give in and 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 give what is being asked of them. Mm -hmm. Why can't Disney? Why can't Netflix? Why can't you know a Comcast? I just don't understand why they don't think like these people are important. It just, it it so irks me, and it, you know it's not just the studios; it's just our ideology. Yeah, I have clients or have potential clients that I've had or um, that I've talked with, and I had clients that I've worked with before that just don't understand the importance of the work that gets put in to help them get where they need to be in their careers and their respective, uh, you know, journeys. Like artists are the unsung heroes of creation, of, uh, of evolution, of society, uh, societal growth. We literally create every bit of visual narrative that you could possibly have to, you know, to make, like you, 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 you draw somebody a logo that logo attracts a certain target audience. You get paid because you're starting to put in a brand and you're creating this look. And people often forget that because they just see the numbers. And then also they see you as a number. And that's mm -hmm. what these studios are doing right now in terms of that. These actors have done such a great job, especially this year when I watch, you know, across the Spider-Verse. Um, hell, Rise of the Beast, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> which moved me. Yep. Okay, moved me from because of the writing. I had I have now so much more respect for the writing aspect than I ever did before, um, because a lot of these narratives have blown me away. Watching a TV He's show diesel. like The Bear gives me respect to the Writers oh. Guild. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Miss um, Maisel, like yes, unbelievable shows out there. Actors portraying these characters. There's so much work, and you guys are in it back just thinking, just taking them for granted. Oh, yeah. Irks the hell out of me. Well, it, it's funny, though, me. too, when you hear the stories about how the studios get involved in the writer's room and start pushing the agenda and taking those projects off the tracks, right? Mm -hmm. And just basically ruining it by putting in these mandates or these unreasonable things. Like, 
oh, well, we need it to cross over to this. We need it to tie into that. Yeah. All test audiences didn't like this, this ending. So we need to change it. We want stuff a like that. Spider. It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just, with how creative what you're pointing out with how creative these people are. And when we do let them tend to their projects in an appropriate and equitable manner, like to actually have feedback and dialogue, which is, I think, going to be something that comes out about these projects that are well-written mm -hmm. and whatnot, is that there was dialogue and there's concession instead of demands and whatnot. Because you just hear it out of Disney and things like that, the big, the big houses, that they just overrun the writer's room. Yeah. And that's it's disgusting because these people are really good at their trade. Right. They are really good at bringing imagination to life. And, and giving the inspiration to the actors mm -hmm. to actually perform this stuff. And they're not getting an equal seat at the table or even an ability to have a paycheck that puts a roof over their head. Yeah. Which and is crazy. Disgusting. It's disgusting by, by the corporations. It's, it's, it's pure outright greed. Yeah. You know what I'm surprised? The, you know, the transparency that we know that, these, these actors aren't getting paid as much as you would think. Like there's some actors right now, I just saw it on TMZ today that they interviewed a guy who was just like, um, he was on a path of getting, you know, a lot of work and a lot of notoriety from his acting uh, gigs and, and the shows that he was on. Now he's cleaning houses just to make ends meet now. Um, as much as I hate saying that term, but it is what it is. And he, he came on willingly to talk about like, this is what's going on. Some of us are now have to, take on regular jobs to support our families and all this stuff. And I'm surprised that the, the visual narrative of this doesn't, I, I really don't think a lot of us as fans are paying attention to that, to really focus on that aspect. Like it's enough to like, say like, okay, actors aren't really that big of a superstars as they're possible. And I, I'm wondering like, how are they, how are the, the casual, the casual fan, are you looking at this because a lot of a lot of us fans have misconceptions of what a star is. Like if you're on a show like Suits or something like that, that these guys are getting paid like oogles of money just because of watching it or Psych or whatever like that. When they're not really getting paid that much. It's funny that you bring up yeah. those two shows because those two shows mm -hmm. are just banking right now on the streaming networks. Apparently, Suits yeah. right now is like just make breaking records in terms of minutes it's on the path of what the significance of it i'm yeah. sure and now what's <laughs> the last thing i want to bring up before we get our closing thoughts is like you know i really do hope that uh these unions especially sag aftra can uh you know stay together stay united because you said it right yeah. there are some people and as i was alluding to with these waivers you know you have some big name actors calling actors who are working on those projects that are being granted waivers scabs yeah. and whatnot but then they kind of you know come back and say well i might not fully understand the what's going on like sarah silverman uh she flat yeah. out called them scabs and then she admitted that i know i just must not be understanding something so she does that quite often. That's not. Yeah. It's not the first time. Yeah. It's comedians for you, like what you <laughs> say, right? They're they're going to be quick on the wit. Yeah, but she I has really a tendency do... to put her foot in her mouth every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I really do hope. I'm still that a fan. The... Don't, don't get me twisted. <laughs> exactly. I just really do hope that at the end of the day, that they are able to stay united because this is not only yeah. a huge fight for technology in Hollywood, but like we've mentioned so many times throughout this entire episode, that this is an 
you know, just it's going to have its ripple effect through all industry, no matter whether, you know, what you do, where you live, it's going to have a ripple effect. Bill, final thoughts. I just hope it ends sooner than later. Um, You know, I'm, I'm extremely sympathetic towards the unions. I think that it's important if you're unionized or not. This has effects on the, like we've been pointing out this entire episode, this has effects on your own workplace because employers need to know how hard they can push people or how much they can embed a technology that robs you of your dignity of life. And that's something that's, I don't know, it's worth fighting for. It's worth, it's worth supporting the actors and in, in their fight and, uh, it, it it trickles down to as we pointed out at the beginning to all aspects of of what's going on with everybody. It's symptomatic of the pand of the pandemic, of of the inflation. All all the, all the world today is affected by this stuff, and we need to make a stand about it. And I know that myself personally, I'm not in a union uh, unionized environment, but I know that my employer is a great employer in the sense that they do observe the fact that. They know they can't come. They can't make people into a commodity, right? So that that that's the difference, right? Like when you work for a company that makes you a commodity, and you know it, that's when work's no fun. Right. Yep. And these people are calling the bullshit right now because they are getting that disrespected, right? Like it's it's not even being hidden anymore. It's their commodity, and they're being exploited. And good for them. Yep, Dax. As guests of this episode, and Dax, the door is always well open for you to come and chat with us. Um, what, what are your final thoughts on all this? Um, a few days ago, I wrote something on uh, my Facebook page um, that I thought of, you know, because this is like whatever, a lot of what's going on here, I've been through, um, which is why I'm very picky about what I support in yeah. terms of entertainment or whatever like that. And I got friends that are picketing right now as well. Um, but I wrote this and saying the best and smartest people to work with are those who not only recognize your value, but also values your value, not those who are threatened by your value. And I said that to say like, you know, you need to make sure that you understand your power, what you bring to the table. And, and, and a lot of people in this industry, not in just in the industry, a lot of people in our world does not. They just work a systematic life and just settle for what they have. This strike is should be looked at as a template of how we all should react, how all we all should um, work together and how we all should unite in times of this and know your own value. Because without us, nothing will work. And they could try to do AI and all this stuff all they want and try to say, like, it's better for the betterment of um, our society. It's betterment for your pockets. Yeah. We need to all fight for our value and just look at this not as just a fight against the writers and the actors, but a fight against people of value that that's just like you. And. I wish you for the best of them. I, I, you know, I'm supporting them all the way on this. Um, as are you guys, I'm pretty sure. But yep. everybody should look at this and take it very seriously. Because it's like, no, it's not. Yeah, I love Marvel. I love Disney. I love all that stuff. But this is far beyond with that. So with just, you know, being able to watch your own show. And trust me when it like 
misconceptions happen often in social media. Don't let this be one of the biggest misconceptions that you have because it will bite you in the ass. Agreed 100%. Well said. And I cannot add anything to that. So I think it's time for Phil to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of us. All right, let's give this a, ch- a shot here. You can visit us at our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever the hell it is this week on Facebook <laughs> at It's Canon Podcast. <laughs> you can also email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe anywhere you fi- find podcasts. You're going to find us there, but you can also find us on Patreon with our great friends at SNME Radio, uh, Sunday night main event there. So, you know, go ahead, support them, especially if you dig some of the wrestling stuff. I know that for me, it's not my thing, but hey, I love that you guys passionate about it. If you like what you hear so far, make sure to leave a like for the show and uh, leave a review if possible. Let your friends know that you listen to us on the It's Canon Podcast. Thank you so much, Phil. And you have been listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things comic books, video games, labor disruptions, Lego, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> if it happens in the world, we talk about it because of, and the best part of it all is that it's all in canon decks. I mean it when I said anytime you want to join, the door is always open. Thank you so much for listening, Dax. Thanks for joining us and having this awesome talk. Until next time, we will. I'm tired. Later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, ah, really? Dax. Thanks so Woo. much. Adios, folks. (laughs) Love it.